Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams and our weekly newsletter with money off books and museum visits as well. Plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash we have ways. I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katty Kay, U.S. Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics U.S., brought to you by Goalhanger. Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, or people <laughs> will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. He was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? (laughs) Well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii. Okay. And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics US wherever you get your podcasts. Achtung, achtung, welcome to We Have Ways of Making You Talk with me and James, of course, and we're back at Bovington at the Tank Museum with David Willey. Hello, David. Hello, welcome, chaps. It's a great pleasure to be here, and we are very excited because you're giving us a, it is basically a sneak preview of the new, uh, well, take, what, what are we doing here? Where are we? What is so, it? So what we're looking at, um, well, some people managed to get here last year, but because of lockdown and everything else, there was a, we had to close again. We've been completing uh, a new redisplay of our World War II gallery. Um, we're calling it war, World War II War Stories. And in this war. time round, we are doing about that we're concentrating on. We're not doing every last bat- tank battle, etc. We, because of the surveys we've done with our public who come yep. here, what do they want? They want to know about battles. They want to know about what the human experience was. And to be honest, if you're into your technology, you can get it off your iPhone in seconds anyway. So, yeah. so what we've done is we've redisplayed. It's the British, the Royal Armoured Corps. It's a British soldier's tank story, even though we've sneaked in the Canadians and some others. Um, and we're taking you through particularly some engagements yeah. that you may have heard of, but we don't always concentrate on. Yeah. So, And we're lucky because we're such a big museum, we've already done quite a bit on D-Day and floating tanks, etc. So what we've particularly tried to do, let's have a look at some of those battles that we think are important, yeah. um, but don't always get mentioned. And really crucially, we've had the benefit, which sadly won't be with, with us for much longer, of being able to do another set of interviews with the blokes who did it yeah so it's following some really interesting veteran stories who appear some of them last the war some of them we talk to you know obviously from the point of view of um you know what do you think about this we summarize some of the you know some of their conclusions what what were they up to what did they enjoy what did they hate what did they miss did they think it was worth it yeah great line we've said to a number of them and so you appear, you see some of these guys around, and sadly, a couple of guys as well who don't make it. We tell their story mm. as well. Um, so some of these ones I'd like to think you know all about, other ones I'd like to think they'd be new to you. But that's why on the way in, so there, there, there are, there's a conspicuous absence of tanks is the thing in, in, in this stretch. There's all sorts of pictures of people 
of varying states of British teeth, of course, um, uh, and Royal Armour Corps badges, and then the other yeomanries and other, other outfits that fought in armour. I mean, it's particularly... He's straight off the playing fields of Winchester, isn't he, dreamy, that one? dreamy chap, isn't he? Yeah. Your point as well, you know, whenever they're making a movie at World War II, why is it, same as First World War, those, those young officers in the First World War, they all look like matinee idols. They yeah. all look dashing beyond belief. Yeah. And yet, at the same time, if you're going to make a really accurate film, every other bloke should have teeth all over the place, you know, sort yeah. of like... Mind you, this uh, guy, guy, guy just behind you, he's got a fantastic set yeah, of teeth. Way, but they're probably true. fake, aren't they? But he's already like, had them all whipped you know, out at 16. Yeah. And the other side, we've just got some of the characters that we are actually definitely going to be talking about. Yeah. Alf Longstaff, Peter Vaux, Bob Foote, who wins a VC, and the cheeky chappy at the end is just that, you know, stunning character, Jake Wardrop, who's please 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 whatever happens guys read his diary if you haven't done it yeah. so far what a guy you know he gets into his fights he gets demoted he gets back up again his CO basically says to him um, you know what a utter little something something you are and yeah I want you with me when we have a fight and he's he's just he's just got such a great story and the family the great thing was half his diary was found and published then they thought they found the other half the family's gifted us now the diary which is fantastic oh, so we've got that here and having a look through i hadn't realized that when it was first published by george forty there's a fair bit edited out so I, he's another one it would be lovely oh, to go back yeah. to and get as full a diary as possible mm. published because yeah. mm. I'm, I'm, you, I'm thinking of something here exactly, yeah, you, this this guy the, his story you just don't believe it and his his eloquence and i'll show you when we remind me when we get to the other end there is the letter he writes to his mum, and I won't be able to read it without blubbing, but you just read that letter that he sends to his mum. Okay. It's just staggering stuff. So anyway... Oh, and you've got David Render as well, haven't you? We've got dear old David Render. We've got... That's what I was going to say. We, so we've got names of people you'll know. That's what we're trying to say as well. This is representing all of these guys. Yeah. And that's mm. the other thing that with our audience, we absolutely get it every time. When the public are coming round, it's they're making that connection with people. Um, mm. You know, whatever we talk of technology, you know, we might love it. We tell all those different things. You know, for most of our audience that we get down here in the summer, it's a family audience. They're down on holiday. They want to know stories. They are not going to be desperately keen on the cylinder yeah. size of every engine, you know. Yeah. No, fair enough. We can't please everyone. Um, now, but, but the opening, I, I, mean, when I, well, I did come through here earlier. I'm really struck by this opening because um, here we have sort of <laughs> yes. the beginning and the end of, of British tank development in, in, in the Second World War with a Matilda one. Um, God, they've gone a long way in, in I mean, six years, haven't they? It, it, it's for me, it's that we're trying to show that and it's this guns versus armour race that goes on in World War II and for the blokes who, and some of them are actually, you know, the stories we tell, if you think in 39 you went off either in a Matilda one or one of the British cruiser tanks, we've got them next door on display here, and compare that to something like, and our last cruiser tank of the war, the Comet, yeah. yep. you know, fast, speedy, good armour protection, a gun that can outperform the Panther, that sort of thing is in that short space of time that's the other issue that's trying to get across yeah. is these guys are you know they've got commonalities in so many of the things they're doing but the actual equipment is changing at such a speedy well, rate but it's such a speed it's such a speed and it also i mean it kind of i mean and we won't get bogged down in this but the, but the idea that british tanks development is somehow flat-footed and uh, not up to speed with with the opposition when you look at you know the a, a Panzer One doesn't look that unlike that. It, yeah. And this this doesn't this can like you say can can outperform a Panther. Uh, it, it's a, it's the a, same it's, leaps it's, and strides are being made. Again, I you know this that's what for me is always a fascinating how we revisit history, we rewrite it every time, we look at it in different ways. I grew up. We've talked about this before. I was the Germans were always the cool one. They had the best kit. They were so much better than us, yeah. weren't they? But they still lost. But that idea of why is it that we still go along with so many of these myths when, but at the same time, you know, it's only the other day that we were looking at, you know, everyone goes on about the T-34, what a fantastic tank, etc. Britain had to make tanks 
It had to keep a navy going because we were a world empire. We had to create an enormous air force to defend ourselves. Russia said, sod the navy, sod the air force, we're making tanks. So issues like that, that when we're trying to do comparisons, yeah, yeah we can all sit there and do our top trumps constantly, but unless you know you, these background I've never, I've never issues. Put it thought of it like that. And that, that's what got me when you do think of these things. What are the things that we've got to, yeah. to think about in yeah. 1940 or even the well, 30s? But, it, but it's how you end up with, I mean, and we talked about this the very first time we came here. That's how you end up with excess aero engines that end up in tanks because air defence and then the strike air force in Bomber Command is your absolute 100% priority. You stick with the things that work. Merlin engine works, it delivers. So you just, you just make tens of thousands of them and then oh now we've got to build some tanks so we've got the engines and it's this sort of the 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 the, the priorities means that the the thinking sluices around from problem to problem in, uh, but you're but you're also you're trying to trying to find the most economic and practical way yeah. of solving that and obviously anything you know commonality particularly if you've got commonality of parts between services yeah then what's not to like i mean you know that that really is a yeah, I, I, I would also uh, argue, a good like, thing. You know, I don't want to sound like we got it all right. We didn't. We, you know, we made yeah. the Covenanter. We made over a thousand of them. Not one of them sees combat action. But, but again, even when you look at some of these issues that go on behind the scenes there, it's Churchill in, in, uh, after the fall of France. He's basically saying to all the factories, carry on making those tanks. Now, I want tanks tomorrow, not the promise of something better yeah. in a few months or even six months' time, because we might not be here in six yeah. months. Yeah, a, a tank and, now is, is and, better than a good tank yeah, eventually. And, yeah. And, and this idea that we only look at the tank story, actually, overall, Chamberlain and Churchill following, they probably, you know, retrospectively made the right strategic decisions, which is Air Force first, Navy parallel with that, and tanks. We're only going to need tanks, by the way, if the Germans cross the channel. So that's third. Yeah. So that idea that actually, and they were right, because yeah. thank God we've got chain home command, we've got enough Spitfires and Hurricanes just you know that we can do that yep. so these ideas behind it and that to me is part of the joy of it yes we're the tank museum but if we can make people understand there's issues and the big one for me at the moment look at covid national effort we're coming up with this idea of a drug but we haven't got enough factories to make it in we still have this problem all that imagine that in wartime they've got yep. that count 20 yeah. we've got the idea we've got some great designs we've got some good stuff where are the people to make it well actually the guy who's really good at this he's now off serving in you know, all these hundred and ones come together and, uh, and, you know, one container ship blocks the Suez Canal. Imagine that in wartime. Look, yeah. at, look at what happened to <laughs> yes. those guys. That all these things that they well, were that, that, thinking, where do we go? Where do we yes, get it from? Yes, that's millions of tons of shipping held up. You know, those are the... James talk, likes to talk about shipping an awful lot, if I'm honest with you, David. <laughs> and uh, it's quite nice to be somewhere where it might not come up that much. But, um, but that's, that, that, that jigsaw is really, really interesting. Uh, and, the, and also, if you're spending money on one thing, you can't, you can't spend it on another. You know, it's why aren't the radios better by the end of the Second World War? Because actually, in the end, you don't really need them to be any better than they are. And you need to spend the money on cavity magnetrons or whatever. You, 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 your effort has to be put in the right place. Well, I've, I've, I've always kind of argued that, 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 by and large, Britain and America prioritise correctly their resources, whereas Germany doesn't. You know, and it, it, you know, you've, you've got... You've got in your pot, you've got X, Y, and Z, and it's how do you make them work for you in the best possible way? And there's always going to be kind of, you know... Yeah, and the, the, you know, Roosevelt himself says, you know, he wants America to be the arsenal of democracy. And he says, because we are not being bombed, we have the raw materials here, we... And, and again, back to, you, you know, we look at the classic American tank. And straight away, 30 tonnes, that's a good size for a derrick to be able to load it onto a ship, sorry, ships, yeah, but ports and everything else. So that idea of, of looking at, because that danger, we'll put two tanks next to each other down here, and nobody necessarily, unless we try and explain all that, knows that background bit, that, uh, so you understand, actually, there's a really major strategic decision-making process that led to the Sherman being 30 tons because the Yanks were not making a tank that they were going to be fighting in their own country with. Yep. They are wanting to ship it to the Pacific, to Europe, North yep. Africa, that, so straight away, so they don't build Tiger tanks, no. you know, because you don't do that. Whereas, again, the Germans on a landmass, they're not, they're not travelling, well, they do, they go across the Mediterranean, but, you know, on the whole, they're looking at these issues in a very different yep. way. Yeah. And only by knowing some of those things, 
I think, can you, you know, if we can help peel away some of those layers rather than, as I always say, the danger of the top trumps bit, you just compare one stat with another, yeah. that must be better because it's got thicker armour, a bigger yeah. gun, more people doing it or something, which, of course, we all know is utter, utter now, bollocks when it comes we, to the fight. It, what we've done, again, <laughs> in usual We Have Way Start is we've... Barely Not got, moved on. We've barely got started. <laughs> we haven't. We, 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 so, so we haven't. We're so, on the first so exhibits the, here, aren't we? From the Matilda one and the Comet, from the basically the, the ridiculous to the sublime, I think is the, the way right around there. Yeah, are. and we're just saying that we're trying to cover off an issue here, which is. Thanks very much. We're not going to tell you lots about the technology, but you'll see that changing anyway. What we are going to tell you are things like, what did the guy, here it is, so a case full of what they were wearing, what they start the war with, your you know, service dress that you look yeah. like, almost like a First World War guy. They end the war with a very sophisticated tank suit. And uh, again, a little bit of research, lovely story. These are all designed at the same time, even though they're actually made and issued at different periods. So the same guy, see the pencils and yeah. everything yes, else? Yes, yes, yes. That way. So they're designed at the same time, but they're actually, they start off by doing the, well, there's a kind of like a deserty suit that's very plain. Then yep. they do the classic denim we associate yep. with yep. Normandy. Then for September onwards, the winter tank suit, blanket lined, yep. camouflage version, if you're lucky to get it. And we think very few of the jungle tank suit was, again, same pattern, but now done in a nylon. And it's got that lovely trap door at the back. So if you happen to be a little bit loose bailed out in the Far East somewhere, yep. um, one too many carries, whatever, <laughs> you can actually drop that trap door without a trap door without having to take all your kit off. Um, and Still things, got to get your trousers off, though. Um, if you're wearing if you're them. If you're wearing yeah. them. Yeah. Um, so, one so, thing, David, I've got to ask you, OK? So a guy wrote to me and he said, said do you do realise that they weren't called pixie suits during the war? That came and crept in afterwards. That's really? I'm not sure about that. And he said, I've done loads of research on this. I've never found any mention of it at all. But I don't think that's true, actually. I don't know. If I, off the top of my head, but it's a really interesting one, how we use, we've just talked about Sherman's. Mm. Tom, very, very little Ronsons and Tommy references and to that. Sherman's. It's M4 everywhere. The Americans, you know, we know we call them Sherman's, but actually it's either a, a five or a six or well, a yes, medium the, six and, you know, I see or whatever. Because yeah, so, yeah, yeah. the Firefly isn't known as that necessarily, is no, it? No, the they, 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 it is, that the word is used, but there's other phrases and that's where when you're in the war diaries, it's yeah. very hard to find the actual word Firefly that often. Yeah. But that, that back to, you're right, you know, I, yeah. think, I think a lot of terminology and phraseology yes, which, which again I come back to something we've also talked about before it always makes me laugh where you see some you know not being horrible probably idiots like ourselves at times someone berating someone oh he, he got that wrong he was a veteran there we've had 70 plus years to yeah, learn yeah, yeah. about the subject do all those different yeah. things we know that because he called that a bloody tiger in the wood over there when it's actually a boxy shaped panzer yeah. four yeah don't start looking at him as if like, you know, you know, so it's the same again. <laughs> Absolutely. What they call, just like we'll have our own language, our own little abbreviations. I mean, dice a desk. Certain well, things it's, 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 that applies to sort of spandals, doesn't it? Yeah, and yeah. all the rest of it. And you even in the official reports at the end there, 45, they're talking about MG34s as spandals. Yeah. Mm. You know, and we know that's got no relevance whatsoever. Yeah. So, yeah, some of the kit. One of the other things we're very conscious of are visitors here. So what we try and do, we've turned all the sounds off so we can hear ourselves talk. But we give you a little cinema that gives a film show that sets that scene. So it's a Mr. Chumley Warner voice. It's here we are, chaps, you know, the filthy Bosch are back yeah. again and we're, we're, we've got to be up to doing it. So for setting the scene for people in the cinema, we've got our home front house. We've got our home front shop there. Um, that idea of Britain 1940. And outside, by the way, some of the emergency vehicles yeah. that were digging out in 3940 or starting to build in a blooming big hurry. So we've got our lovely Rolls Royce, which was patrolling Norfolk at the beginning of the war. <laughs> um, on the coast there, we've got a bison, which is built for airfield defence, but back to how desperate we are when we really do need to start Basically getting Basically a pillbox on the back of a lorry, right? It's a concrete, yeah, cab on the back there. Couldn't really go uphill, but would, would do a job <laughs> if it had to. And uh, we were lucky to pick up this beaverette a couple of years ago. And the beaverette, literally the first version is basically a standard car with a couple of wooden planks on the front. And each model that comes out, when they've got a bit of armor plate, they'll put another, they'll do another version. This is a later version, but it still looked like some kids made it in the garage, doesn't yeah. it? It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks a bit rubbish, doesn't well, it? Well, that, like that, that looks like those Im improvised AFVs you see in, in Syria, where they yeah, put bolted plates onto Hondas and stuff. We're so lucky as well. Ken Tao has done our intro for us. Wonderful. So Brilliant. when the sound's running, sorry, I know all of you, so you've got silence in the background if we'd only shut up. Um, but <laughs> that, that idea of 
Ken does the intro, it's his story, it's our story, he's basically saying. And there's some of the guys on the wall here, whether you remember them or not, you know, but the idea you might pick up on, I remember this guy's story as we go along. Yeah. And also some of the battles, we list some of the battles in yeah. particular. I'm thrilled we were, to see the admin box. Yeah, you know, things that don't always get that attention. And, you know, I love this idea of Arras. The idea of talking about a battle that is uh, pretty much for everybody, a bit of a cock up. Um, it's the one tank attack we managed to get into the advancing panzer columns in uh, the, as they're advancing past Sedan, etc. They're sweeping around towards the coast. But for me, why we, we tell this one is because we've got a great personal story and item with a guy that escapes with his uh, Peter compass. Vaux. Peter Volks. Wonderful story there, you know, and how that he uses a compass. We've got in the case here to negotiate with his driver and another major across country. Um, I've mentioned before we do teaching here for soldiers. I always love the idea of the young officers and NCO. You read this because... Peter Vokes is such a great guy. He tells the story really well. They finally have to swim the Somme River, having been in hiding from the Germans for a while. They know there's French mm. forces the other side. Sadly, Burroughs, his driver, gets swept downstream and drowns. And uh, Peter Vokes basically says later on, you know, I, I saw a lot of action in the war. I was most frightened when I knocked on the door of his family to go in, and they were all lined up to have to say this is how your son lost his life. And uh, he, you know, and again, you read these things, there's, there's some lovely little items and bits and pieces, but back to the thrill. So we've got lovely big sexy tanks, but to me, it's things like, look at that compass. Yeah. That's the compass he had and hung on to as he's trying to do his escape. So that was Peter Vaux. That's his compass. And he hung on to it and even had it when he got across the river, um, start bollock naked, you know, managed to do it yeah. that way. But he's still got his compass that way. So what happened to him later in the war? He was in the desert, wasn't he? He does. He goes in the desert and he fights in Italy as well. You will see him again later on. Really? In the, in he the gets all the way up Italy, does so, he? So I, why that? So sometimes an object, um, sometimes, and again, behind you, some of the vehicles, we've got a guy armoured carved some of those are out mm -hmm. in france in 1940 pretty much all of them lost the french you know again the samoa there because we're fighting alongside even at arras they're they're attacking later in the day the french yeah. armor turns up as well and um, we've got again from the german and this is the one where the, the commander's got to do everything isn't it it's yeah the same turret is on the char b that's the other one that we sometimes miss out on they they, they actually the french quite sensibly in a way it's a great anti-tank gun beautiful bit of casting remember you just talked about Sherman's a little bit while ago sorry yep. without distracting too much look at that casting on the top there the guy who designed and did that escapes to America and helped the Americans do their first M3 castings so when you see the first big top casted yes. holes in bolting down that's because Le Crusoe and the engineers managed to escape Actually, first of Britain there's quite a lot of similarities yeah. aren't there yeah, yeah. yeah. You look at that. so all of those other things because that was a skill set that we were taking I say we the French were taking over um, to yes, America the, to help them with that design bit. So. It's not unlike the top turret on the Lee, is it? Well, and also this, this, yeah, this, the, the this profile yeah, yeah. with the kind of sharper front yeah. and the kind of sloping back. I mean, but it, it's a really the, 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 the great thing. Join here with the yeah, pole, the, and with the that, that way, if you look at the very first cast um, M3 Grant tanks and Lees, they've got that little scoop out as well, and that's how they were belting down yeah. until they move on. So all of these... These other issues that, again, sorry, we're doing what we said we wouldn't do, which is get all nerdy about tanks. But the, uh, <laughs> but the, as you go through, so we've got a Panzer One command tank, and the whole idea here is what we're really again, you know, the Germans with their radios, their command and yeah. control is so good compared to the French, yep. and uh, and we have an interactive map, so you can see because again, I think it's only when you look at maps sometimes you start realising some of that why certain things. Um, you know, because for me, Arras, basically, Hitler gets nervous, stops the German tanks, gives us 24 hours to reinforce the channel ports. That means we can save an army. Yeah. And that is just, you know, if you think that hadn't have happened, what Churchill was going to have to do, he's still got a Navy, he's still got an Air Force, yep. but he won't have an army. He's and got, that He's got a bigger decision to make than yeah. the one he makes. So we anyway. also look at, we're lucky here, we've got, we try to pick up as well some of the desert operations, Operation Compass. Um, we're lucky we've got a lovely um, uh, Matilda 2 here in what's called the Caunter Scheme. Um, great debate with all the model makers, yes, what colours do you go to and yeah, uh, whatever. Caunter's basically, you were allowed to change the paint mix 
the tones depending on what bit of the campaign area you're fighting ah. in. So, so be a little bit careful when everyone says, that's wrong! Well, actually... You know, there was a, there was a good excuse for why some things There's were also wrong. Just no way of knowing what they all look like. I think I think <laughs> we're better now in terms of paint scrapes. But I'd entirely agree that when somebody comes along and draconian, you know, and we have this great big debate here, we get it wrong. We've got tanks here. You know, we're still painting tanks. We hope they were going to be repainted, ready for the opening. But actually, some of the time, you, you know, you you'll see that. Um, the scheme that you, you know everyone's believed it's it's it dates back to a publication that was wrong when it was done right. or and you know our famously our yag tiger was painted from an illustration in the book completely erroneously years ago yeah but the, that was all the guys had to go on at the time you know so so <laughs> trying to catch up with changing that mm. and the other one is you know i'm saying this as politely as possible to the, the listeners out there because you've made a model of it does not mean to say that you've necessarily got the right paint scheme on it. Yeah. Well done for those who are following this up and, and <laughs> finding more and let's get samples and let's compare like with like and what are the official, are there paint scrapes? Yeah. You know, sometimes we've got paint matches, genuine samples. Other times, this idea that, you know, is that really what it would have come out like? Well, and also, they weren't box fresh for long, were they, these vehicles? And, 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 and other issues, you know, and, a lot and, of the you know. American-issued equipment to the British Army, certainly for Northwest Europe, we left it, unless there was any reason, a definite reason to repaint it, we left it in American olive drab. Yeah. So most Shermans driving mm. around Europe were not in a British olive green, they are in the American olive yeah. green, yeah. because we didn't have any need to well, repaint no point, them. Is there? No. Some of the images we've got from the collection here, just some other bits and pieces there. I just sometimes, back to looking at people's faces, I just love that image of that yeah. at the end of the day at Alamein, the shagged out look on the face yes. yeah, yeah, of yeah. when they're kind of coming there, you know. And yeah, you kind absolutely of, filthy. Uh, you know, the, you can see where his goggles have been. They've gone through the day, everything else that way. Um, desert life, what was it like for all these guys? You know, it's about food, petrol, the next resupply. And then once in a blue moon, some shocking bit of action. Um, I love this image because I can't help but feel if you look straight ahead at the group there, doesn't that look like the Bill Hall trio? I Spike yes, Milligan. It does, it does, yeah. Top hat, everything else. Yeah. And they're all watching a show out in the desert, yeah. you know, doing this sort of stuff. And I come back to because there's some quotes as well from Jake Wardrop in the diary. And when they get to the end of the desert campaign, they're in this uh, amphitheatre in uh, Tunisia, Roman amphitheatre. There's a show going on and he looks around <laughs> and just like I'm going to do, he's, he chokes up because he sees all his bronzed mates in their tatty shirts and battle dress. And he just thinks, look at look at these blokes here. You know, he's yeah. in love with a lot of them because they've they've cross this desert they fought one of the best generals in the world and he has his moment of suddenly recognizing i'm one of these blokes you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. so uh God, I but I, 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 anyway just some images there and again these are all things we've got album after album diary after diary and here's P peter vox again yeah yep. you know just just picking some of these guys some of the works of art from the collection as well and um i was just checking i don't know if he's still there somewhere you know it's that that idea of desert life um I can't see him. Where is he? But there's a lovely one of the guys sitting on his thunderbox reading his paper in the middle of nowhere, you know, sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. never, never ask a man where he's going with a shovel in his hand. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, so wow, as we move on, so we've got interactives. We hope by the time, you know, not too long, we'll be able to use that again. Yep. Issues there about mines. Um, and here we go. This will be one that wow. no doubt will stir the pot a bit. We, in this day and age, somebody put a comment saying, oh, you'll never put a swastika out again, will you? Um, and I'm thinking it's, yeah, it's another, exactly, you will, because we are not pro-Nazi. Putting a swastika out is telling a story. Yeah. yeah, of course. And the worry is that whether it's algorithms on YouTube or all those different things, if it starts to the point that you cannot display what well, you're airbrushing history, guys, aren't you? You are. And, and so for yeah. me, I think it's a really important one. And what's lovely here is this is basically a flag that was captured outside Trabuk um, from a German 88mm battery. The guys who captured it then ended up, um, they put all their names there. One of the guys' wives, we've got a lovely image of her over there, Jean Robinson, she ended up using her needlework skills to just put all their names in so they're permanently on the flag. They fly it when they win at Alamein so that they've got it up on the wall there yeah. and that starts a tradition. And when I first came here, they, their regimental association still used to borrow this flag back 
to, for their, when they had yeah. their annual dinners or their yeah. reunions oh, every amazing. couple of years. And, and so for me, that idea that, you know, why do we do it? Well, number one, it's that symbolic, I've captured the flag. Yeah. Literally, we play yeah. games like that still today, don't we? Mm. I've put my name on it. I'm down, going down for posterity, yeah. as it were. Yep. And they also, on the other side, they list they carry keep it going because they list the engagements as they carry on not only in north africa but up through italy as well and symbolically there above it is yeah, a union really flag special, isn't it? that is a flag that flew above the first siege at tobruk and uh, for me famous photo of by cecil beaton of that yeah and and, and that oh, idea yeah. of you know because again back to the symbolism people fought and died over this you know so i i don't want to get all you know land of hope and glory starts in the background but that idea of what it represents yeah. you did not want to lose your flag and let it be taken down and captured by the enemy no i agree and look at the debate we're having today in the media and everything else you know with a guy with a union jack you know, boy, is that one of those ones where I hope people come here and look at that as an issue because I really think that's an important one we look at because otherwise, what are we going to put up next time when those guys are under siege? What what is it that that's yeah. rallying point yeah. that through history and everything? What what what? How do we do that in a, in a manner that's going to be? But also, I mean, this business of uh, of the enemy uh, literally capturing the enemy's flag. Marking it, displaying it on your mess. That's as old as war, mm. isn't it? The, yeah. The, 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 well, it's Roman it's, legions. I've got a standard, it, it, isn't it? Ex so exactly. Yeah. You know, so, so if you're going to have wars, you're going to have... The, the, this, is a, this is an articulation of that in the same way that a French flag would have been, um, you know, in the previous... Yeah, and they're, all trying, to, they're all trying to capture eagles, aren't they, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. peninsula in, Exactly, exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly. yeah. We, we have an American unit that regularly comes over here and they've actually got a British captured standard is still From in there. Oh, yeah, well, 1812, I think. But, but, the, uh, but, you know, that idea yeah. that, that, that that's still in the mess or whatever. But, you know, and I, I just, for this, it was a perfect opportunity. And, you know, without getting too worked up about the symbolism, they were the guys that won, which yeah. is why it's up there. But there's something really beautiful about these names on here. It's a, uh, yeah, it's and a, the guys who did it, you know, and yeah, that, that yeah, for yeah. back to, there's a story with all these things, yeah. you know, everyone comes back with a flag, but the fact he managed to get his wife to actually put all yeah. the names on there, and they loved it still because they used to ask for it back for the dinners, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's fantastic. So we talk about Dieppe, so there's yep. our nice early Churchill there, we've still yes. got to put the markings on, we've got a dingo. Um, we purposely, even though really, if you're honest, it's a Canadian operation, in terms of armour but we were purposely putting it there because again if you overlook Dieppe it's an enormously important uh, kick in the pants for us as allies to realise if we're going to do a beach landing in Europe we have got to be a bit more professional about it than getting stuck on beaches without enough um, methods, special yeah. engineering. So Denovan, the Canadian off engineer officer, is present. He goes away, gets his girlfriend to basically nick a Churchill tank. They they end up being able to get this Churchill tank issued. So they start playing with it, and that becomes a Churchill Avery armored vehicle. Right. We're all engineers. So those types of stories yeah. of what and you know you can disagree with Mountbatten. A lot of Canadians did, but I've no doubt that the Battle of Normandy was won on the beaches of Dieppe. For every man who died in Dieppe, at least 10 more must have been spared in Normandy in 44. So that idea of, yes, it's a massive cock-up, but I'd but like to, to think we really did pick up learn, some lessons. You've got to learn somehow and start somewhere, haven't yeah. you? Uh, uh, it's the thing with that. We need to take a break right now. We'll see you in a tick. Welcome back to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. So we take you around. We've, we do a bit on Tunisian campaign. There's um, tortoise racing around the corner, by the way, but we can't turn that on yet because you're supposed to enjoy it. <laughs> That's how they kept occupied sometimes. Um, and we do as well. One of those classic areas that always gets overlooked is the use of armour. Your classic forgotten army, the admin box, looking yeah. at the guys who were fighting under Slim in the Far East. That idea they always get forgotten about. So we purposely try to do a little bit more on that bit of the story um and again valentine bridge layers being used out there uh, it, I, I just find that and we've got our captured hargo ah. tank here so um, what's this what's the markings on this so this it's not the right markings but it's wessex so this is still in this is a, a carrier that's actually done 
representing 43rd Wessex, but actually we'll be repainting all of these to try and represent Because I'm trying to find out the, 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 all the markings for the 7th Indian Infantry Division. You just can't find them. No? Don't know. Off the top of my head, I'll be honest. I don't know where you go for some of that I stuff. I don't know. It's, but, there's, there's, there's God knows yeah, how many books it, written about uh, yeah. markings in Europe. But Well, uh, have you got the book on how they trained the Indian Army? There's a really good book on how they did all... But that idea as well, Commonwealth involvement... And also, you know, back to... Oh, what is the book on the training of the Indian there, Army? There's a very good book that the British guy's done because... Um, oh, it'll come to me the title of it. But basically, it was how... I find that just as fascinating. How do you get the army ready yeah. for doing mm. what you want it to do? And, you know, there's times we were brilliant at it. There's times it all goes to pot. But getting that Indian force together and loyal at a time yeah. where, you know, obviously... Where well, they're these not necessarily things. going to be, yeah. Yeah, and you've got, you know, you've got famines, you've got all sorts of things going on out there. And these guys, you have to, I think with Tom Moore recently as well, don't you find that one a fascinating one yeah. as well? You know, the fact he's trying to draw attention to a campaign that were in action a long old time. We travelled thousands of miles in ridiculous territory. Yeah. And in the end, with they've always got the second issue of equipment. They've yeah. always yeah. a little logistics problem. Yeah. yeah, all of those things, and win. I, you yeah. know, again, I just think with Slim and he's a genius. Well, you've written on this one. You but, like, but, yeah. but, you, but, but they send Lee's out. They, they send Lee out, Lee's out to. Um, they do no, so we, 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 because they're, they're obsolete. Just, they're just yeah, but they're just so the they're right like, out there. No, but they're just the ticket. So they're sort of hurricanes in, in yeah. effect. And and again, you know, in many ways, it's not a campaign. But yet again, everyone suddenly realizes, okay, it's not tank versus tank. Yeah. But armor is hugely useful. Yeah. In the Arakan, in various other bits of this. So and it's how those guys, when you look at the conditions they're under, in you know, you know, imagine getting inside a metal box in tropical heat mm. and one of you's probably got a jippy tummy as well you know back yeah. to all of those things that idea of being able to fight a battle yeah. doing that let alone most of us will be finding that like the biggest the, adventure of our life just living in the jungle for but a week, the lee's you know? really <laughs> yeah. weirdly well suited isn't it because it's got the 75 mil gun but the the the, the other gu excuse me the other gun on the turret was that's yeah, a three, th 37 millimeter 37 mil so. cannon so so they've got yeah if they good. do happen to bump in or they yeah. need but yeah bunker busting is really yeah, what yeah, you yeah. want that height I mean, they do suppressing, suppressing by, by infantry Germans, but yeah, in they, the end, they are yeah, really yeah. good yeah so um so we talk a little bit and there's some lovely items good. there's a japanese ta soldier's yep. tank suit We've got some items of people there, some lovely accounts, there's some, some good video as well, actually. Um, we touch a bit on, we've done Normandy before, we yep. touch a bit on D-Day, we've got that next door, but there's our Avery. Um, there's again Ian Hamilton who writes a fantastic account, that's his helmet, um, fantastic account of being in a, um, a flail tank and, and some of the issues that when you're reading, I come back to those first-hand accounts because some of these guys Kent out were able to interview but of course he wrote some of these uh, mm. books he wrote was well, you know 20 30 years ago now mm. but it's great to be able to actually go and actually buy off the shelf you know something that's telling you what it was like for some of these these actual guys what they're doing that way yeah. in terms of a major yeah. um bits and pieces so some lovely bits there again you know we talked earlier we don't want to go on too much about just the vehicles but specialized armor we did very well at yeah um and it does make a difference i personally think i know so it's, um, some recent peter caddick adams books kind of questioning the value of dd tanks etc bill wright one of the guys who was interviewed here um he's actually come straight back and said he's still sharp as a button he went ashore on a dd on d-day and he thought it was really made a difference yeah. so you know he was there and he, where was he, he did his seven mile trip um oh golly now I, i'm not whether he's the one does he go off on a nice um i think so yeah, 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 yeah. I, read his essay, I read this this essay yeah. in the magazine and uh and he you know he talks about what he thought of them and also the fact that you know they'd, they'd pull up they'd appear out of the water somewhere and the germans would be yeah yeah so crazy. i i think yeah, yeah, yeah. i think this idea and again you have to look you know we've just been done some stuff on the rhineland battles and uh mm. 
the use of specialized armor there, the fact the Americans are asking for it, the fact, you yeah. know, that again, when we're Operation Plunder as well, when we're crossing the Rhine, you know, they have another lease of life, some of the floating tanks, um, LVTs, etc. You know, that is something we can't overlook. Well, and also flails are being used all the way through. Yeah, yeah. And, and that business we said earlier as well. So Actually, the and fact, the bridge ones as well, aren't they? The yep. fact the Yanks are being able to give us so many Shermans frees up our factory space that we can do that yes, conversion church, work. Yes, Churchills can be out. Yeah, and, and we yeah, can yeah. do other things, which are, again, from that side of it. So what we do, we, we take you down, and what we've tried to do here is a little bit about the Great Swan, yep, the idea great. you get a nice viewpoint from the end there, and even though they would never all be lined up like this, what we've really tried to do is that column of vehicles mm -hmm. that you're seeing after the crossing of the Seine, uh, and that launching what we thought the armoured divisions were there for, which is going hell for leather, bypassing where possible German resistance, what resistance there was, and the fact they're in Holland, you know, and they're crossing, they're, they're, they're there by the beginning of September, we're getting Brussels, it's four or five days worth that way. We're going further faster than the Germans did in 1940 coming yeah. the other way. Yeah. Again, that idea, that's the use of armour, and again, problematically for a lot of people, that's Montgomery. Yeah. It's Montgomery saying to the guys, get going. Yeah. You know, they're about to stop for the night, get some tea on the yeah. go. No, get going. We want you straight away, keep moving, doing yeah. that stuff, pushing them on, which for us, of course, is very untypical, isn't yeah. it? We don't, we don't think as Monty as this go-getter in that way so well, so he knows time's running out as well for, he's running for, out of men for britain he's to have out. influence absolutely in, 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 with the yeah. final Churchill's result whispering in his ear yeah, saying yeah, yeah, listen yeah. If, we, if we want a place at the table and so, v2s you know so, yeah and again that's why he's going into holland yeah. so so importantly so half track we've got morris armored car we've got a lovely sherman there m4 mm -hmm. uh, a what uh, yeah m4 sorry um behind we've got our achilles with a 17 pounder on um again behind that there's a staghound and the idea really is that we give people a, a photo opportunity look down and you remember like we all get excited don't we a bridge too far where all those shermans and everything yeah, lined yeah, up yeah. And they all low angle shot as they come towards you in the film um you know it's giving that type of thing and some of the interviews that we've got playing here this is this sense they're coming out with for the first time instead of having to smash up a That's village some great footage there. Yeah. just you know really cheesed off french you know people coming out sort of thing actually for the first time they're driving through places that they are literally liberating without having to make the place a mess yeah so no wonder that you know you've got the uh the the dutch the belgians everybody suddenly coming out going well hey you know and as they're politely hinting here, the idea that, that isn't it great being liberated? These guys had a whale of a time, some mm. of them. Mm. Um, you know, if you liberate a country, um, people are grateful. Without smashing it up. Without that's smashing the, it that's up. That's the key, yeah, thing, yeah, isn't that's it? The key yeah. we're, we're just yeah, about yeah. on the side of this one. We've got the uh, the chalk paint. We're going to get all the names on as they were. Yeah, no, oh, quite right. So everybody signs their names on the uh, side there. <laughs> what was it? No cigarettes? Yeah, that was the, the, the yeah. firefly. No, no sweets, no cigarettes, yeah. <laughs> So, and we come around the other bit of the campaign as well that so often overlooked. That idea yeah. of looking at what was going on in Italy, yeah. look at that slog that they're having to do as they work their way up a peninsula with that backbone of the Apennine Mountains down the mm. middle. You know, that constant, the clever way the Germans are defending it, brilliantly done. And That's uh, a brilliant picture, isn't it, that one? With the, yeah. yeah so I'm looking at two, two, two Shermans and there they are high in a, above, um, above a valley mountains all over the place i mean that's what it was like in the apennines and 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 just you know and these guys a bit like the burma guys you know they were felt slightly second fiddle all the time yeah. you know they were mm. slogging away doing all this stuff you know forget the d-day dodgers bit but you know that idea they felt slightly overlooked in a campaign that we've all got to be honest you know and i know again you've written about it what was it really there for because it kind of staggered on without that strategic sense of you know, well, we might as well catch a Sicily, hadn't we? Type of thing. Well, we the trouble is, well you can't, you can't, you can't just sort of sit there and, and not move and or not, not move. do things. And the country things, needs you know. liberating, as you know, and how people change, change. Well, and things, you're drawing Germans off other fronts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. and it does. It, it certainly, but that feeling of, and until we get to the Po, and then we do a brilliant attack. You know, yeah. so it's another one of those where actually we learn a lot there. 
So we've got a Sturmgeschütz, we've got a lovely Churchill here that uh, mm. we're going to be putting figures in. We've got some local uh, Bournemouth University model makers. They're doing character dummies for us. Great. So you'll That's be able brilliant. to look in the top and see where the guys sit and what goes on. Mm -hmm. um, we talk about over here as well. We've got a case coming together with uh, about POW material okay, because some of these guys, when you think if you're an RTR guy, you're captured at Calais in you know May of 1940, that's it, 40 till 45, five yeah. years of your life going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, and they so often again get overlooked and we've got some lovely POW material. Time, so um, nice cast hold with the 76 millimeter gun Sherman we're going past, yep. used by the British in Italy. Um, yep. Flail, and we talked. Was here. it this one was used by the British? It was, yeah. yeah we I actually didn't know got that. round. So, so that idea of who's using what when, which is back to this, you will see in some units there's a mixture of types of Shermans. Other units, quite understandably, are saying, nope, we want to stick to include even American units. There's American units being offered the 76 millimeter gun. And the commanders are saying, no, thank you. We don't want it. We're much more confident with the 75 millimeter at the moment. Thank you very much. Yep. So Creighton Abrams is, is persuaded by the guy in charge of him. Please take a 76 millimeter. If you do it, the other lads will follow you. Right. Because he's saying, actually, we think the 75, because firing a good high explosive round is much more useful in a tank most of the time yeah. than having a 76 AP round, which is great if you happen to meet that rare chance of a German tank. Right. Yeah. But nine out of ten times, times you're, you're firing, you're yeah. not, yeah. you're firing, you're doing Well, the other thing about support. the 75 millimeter is that, you know, it's got the, it, it's very quick firing, isn't it? And, um, well, that, and also it's familiarity. And that of HA and familiarity, and yeah. yeah back to, to retrain, yeah. Yeah, you know, they, they were issuing the Comets in um, December of 44, the Germans attacking the Bulge, hand the Comets back, go back to your Shermans, because if you're about to go and fight a German tank force, you want to be in a vehicle you're confident with, familiar yeah. with, even though and the you know, new ones might out. be better, yeah, but, yeah, you know, yeah. do what you need. So we talk here as well. There's, uh, we're doing about Walsheron. Um, what goes on there and there's a chap and uh, again he we've nicked another basically another cause story but he was visit he was there when he saw when uh, rifleman Muldoon's coming ashore he is caught in the barbed wire he's a dog handler his dog rifleman Khan is makes it to the beach turns around He's caught in the barbed wire, literally drowning. The dog goes back in the water, swims out to him, grabs him by the scruff of the neck and drags him ashore and saves him. And he gets How a dick in medal. So, and one of our blokes, who's our RAC actually is there and he actually sees this happen. So wow. any excuse to get a good dog story in yeah, here. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, yeah. not a dry in the house. So we've got <laughs> a, a nice, uh, again, one of our Bournemouth University students at the moment is making that dog. Um, so we'll have that here. And I believe in Scotland, actually, um, the story goes on as well because they both survived the war. They go to the parade in Scotland. He's supposed to hand the dog back to the family that has surrendered it before the war because mm. they said, we want our dog back, quite rightly. Yeah. And he goes to do it. The family watch the parade. They see him with the dog and they say, you keep him. He's yours now. Oh, Amazing. Oh, God, I can't stand it. That's wonderful. So they're actually <laughs> going to be doing a, a statue to the dog I gather up from Scotland somewhere. Oh, so fantastic. you can see here, you can get up. We've got the LVT, you know, again, brilliantly. Um, so we'll be, that's another one of those stories. Walsher and um, Creero, I think it is, he says famously, um, if only we'd failed at Walshall and we'd have gone down in history like the paratroopers at Arnhem, but because we succeeded, no one knows how brilliant we were. Yeah. You know, and, <laughs> yeah. and you, you kind of, you, you do have sympathy for the poor guys. absolutely you, right. So. Yeah. so working our way back along, so we then sort of looking on the other way, what we're trying to do is you work your way back down here is some of those... Those vehicles, key operations. Uh, late war, yeah, you know, yep. using an archer. So why the brown paint here? Um, that's a previous one. Again, it's back to. So actually, we would have probably have painted that in a British colour because we did the conversions right. um, in terms of a ram to make that the kangaroo. And we're doing things as well. So again, the use of this in those Rhineland battles, you know, you see yep. they're really suddenly going, yep, great idea. Yeah, that's, yeah. You know, that use of APCs. Um, and we're also in, again, not until 45, we're starting to do things like, let's get old Centaur tanks, put a dozer blade, that's going to help us through some of these bomb villages mm, and yeah. towns, etc. Because, you know, if, again, if you look at the histories, dozer blades are always, always really useful. And um, the Germans are quite rightly are going to be trying to pick off every 
D8 armor dozer um, not to allow you to have that as an opportunity. So as you work your way down, we bring in the fact East meets West with a T3485, nice flag flying. Um, you know, we've got to mention that most of the fighting of tanks is on the Eastern Front, even though this is the RAC story. And we take you around, and here's a guy familiar to you. Um, David Render on this film tells his story about the loss of his good mate, Harry Heenan. Well, I've just been happened. writing about all that. And uh, we've got the interview there with him. And uh, again, I find it fascinating because... I've got all Harry's um, letters. Yeah, and I, did you get the story that the family were a little bit disappointed when they heard the truth about they his don't, death? But yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I, haven't put, I haven't put the truth in the, um, in the book. But I, we've got it here. and I've I'm, just I, fudged it. I, I just think, it, to me, I, I see no problem with that at all. He died a hero. It doesn't matter the uh, fact it's an accident. They, I know, but they found out when they read David's book and they'd right, never known. And they and never had known before. Because it's, and, no, and it, and, and it's it your classic it's, officer's letter back, you know, yeah, on that sort well, of thing. They, but, they, just, they don't say how he... You know, the, they say yeah. what he was doing just beforehand, but they don't actually say. But David exactly Render, there's some lovely images there, and he, you know, again that feeling yeah. of responsibility he feels with the idea of well going back to the, um, to his grave, uh, talking about him, you know, uh, that where that story comes from, as it were. Um, so I, I again, I, those personalised ones, and as you go around as well. We've got here, as we go to the end, there's some yeah. lovely trophy stuff. We've got a lovely bust of Hermann Goering that was picked up, you know, bullet hole in its, that's going in the case there. We've got a nice bicycle coming with some Panzerfaust on the side, those problems bits. And also with Jake Wardrop, um, I come back to if we... Yes, just, where's his letter? So um, let me just see I've been, here. been looking forward to this ever since you... Uh... Yeah, well, I mentioned it earlier on. These are where he's coming up to... Let me just find, I think, so sadly with Jake, he's keeping this diary going. He's getting right there towards the end. And sadly, in a forest situation, he ends up getting cut off, tank knocked out by a Panzerfaust, and they find him basically dead by the tank, um, oh. you know, with a pistol in his hand. He was fighting them off till the end. Yeah. So that idea of what he was up to, but we use his story. Sorry, the letter's not part of that bit. It says yeah. you come into the final bit. So we go past, we're talking about the victory, and we come into this area, because one of the issues we're trying to talk about in here is much more along the lines of reflection, as you might want to call it, and yeah. summing up. So here's a number of our veterans, um, and you know what happens to them? Where do, what happens to some of these guys in later life? What do they feel? David about was very, very things? successful in life. Well, I had the great pleasure. I took him, and he went to school with Murray Walker, who's got Scrazer. Yes, that's course. right. Yeah, and, and we both, he was a mad keen motorsport as guy. Yeah. So we sat them down, and we were in the pub lunch before old David Render was giving a talk, and it was just hilarious. These two bouncing off each other with all yeah. their uh, yeah, yeah, all their imagine. ideas. So we talk there, well, as you come into this space, this is a tank we were about to, it's our answer to the Panther, four weeks too late. So there's our Centurion Mark I. Mm. So Operation Out Sentry, the they rush them out there. Um, but, you know, so again, it's how we kind of end the war that way. Um, but but that doesn't look that different from a... Comet. It's like a well, no, I was thinking it doesn't. You know, you can see how that sort of that's a tank that sort of goes that design goes into the fifties, well, sixties, yes, and seventies, yeah, doesn't it? This is a main battle tank, isn't it? It's the, it you've, you've arrived at the thing. It's got that's a Polston gun, isn't it? It's got a twenty mil or both as twenty millimeter cannon as its um, as its coaxial, and it doesn't yeah. have a lap gun. Jesus. Oh, and That's as you come round, so some of the characters we talk about, yes. this is you can catch up with them, what and they this did is what afterwards, whatever. Uh. Um, sadly, Jake's the guy that doesn't make it, but there's his diary. I'll let you read it, I can't. Okay. I am not afraid, and nor have I lost my nerve. I am a tank commander, and I shall continue to be one until the end. I've played the game, and it seemed to me the right way to play it. What the end will be, I don't know. Who am I to say? So that is all, Mother. Try to get the idea, and I think you will understand. Cheerio, I'll be seeing you. Mm. God. Yeah. Crikey. Hell of a thing. Yep. So Jake doesn't make it, sadly, but amazingly, we've got the diaries. So that, as I say, that'd be a lovely one to see that. Maybe all together with some of the bits that have been edited out, put together. Paul Rollins, people we've known as well. That was the other thing, I'd say. You know, you don't want to sound too morbid, but so few of them are now left mm. around. But mm. people that, you know, Paul used to come here, um, 
we filmed him talking to kids and one of the kids says, you know, uh, he was asked, there we go, he was asked by the children, was he proud to serve? And again, I'll let you read it, Paul replies. Okay, yeah, he just says, I was home in England when war started. It was all quiet and then after Christmas they asked for volunteers for the BEF, the British Expeditionary Force in France, and I volunteered. I thought I'd go where there was some action, you know. And this, when he was asked, you know, did he think it was worth it, as it were? Oh, I see, yes. And he says, I was actually involved in fighting the enemy. It was something I was proud of. There isn't a day of my life I might be having a shave or just watching a film or something and think, my word, how did I get through all that? There isn't a day that goes by. And he, you know, again, it's great when you had the pleasure to meet some of these guys Mm. and talk to them. Jock Watt, you know, fantastic account he writes afterwards. And you just look at what he goes through, you know, crossing the Mediterranean after he just manages to get out uh, on a boat out of Calais. Um, You know, the Germans he describes, they're running along the beach, literally, to capture the rest of the town. And he managed to get across. He then fights in Greece, takes command of a boat because he's got a little bit of experience and managed to navigate it all the way across the Mediterranean to Alexander. You know, these guys, one little bit of their story Mm. would do it for us, wouldn't it? And then you do all that in one bit of a lifetime. And then he goes off and he's full of well, kind, of his, what, kind of bonhomie, good, good spirits. But his thought here, this was the beginning of a new life, overshadowed by bitterness and disappointment and the memory of those who would never return. To some, just a name inscribed on a stone, but to their comrades in arms, the face is forever present and their voice is still loud and clear. They died instead of us. How lucky I am to be alive. Mm, wonderful. So we have a screen with some of those interviews where we ask some of the people, two of whom were, did actually get to Belson, and I hadn't quite realised, but they purposely asked British soldiers, including senior officers, because there was a disbelief when they were told what had gone on at mm. Belson. They purposely invited people to go and have a look. It sounds pretty morbid, yeah. but it was to make sure people realised this was real. It wasn't propaganda, because people didn't believe David Dimbleby's. The BBC refused to actually do yeah. David Dimbleby's report, first yeah. of all. So what happened then, we've actually got two of the guys actually talk about being there, seeing um, Belson, and they were actually in the advance there. Their point there that comes across is they knew they were fighting an evil enemy, they knew they'd kind of done their job. They knew that they were an army of liberation. And then they saw the death camps. And yeah. that was the time it really sunk home that this was, I don't care what anyone says, politics, anything else, we had to do this. Um, and because of that, we have one of our last items in this case before you leave is a whip that was actually picked up at Belson. It was used... Um, in the Nuremberg War trials, uh, young Lieutenant Cartmel, he gave it after the Nuremberg War trials. He said, you have got to have this in the collection. And his line in the, in the letter he writes, he says, a day may come, he says, you need to keep this as evidence, a day may come when people will refuse to believe such things as Belson really happened. And for me, it's, you, you know, you just can't believe they can be that thinking that back then. Yeah. So we're just putting that one there because, you know, we're, 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 this is all part of that story. But isn't it amazing? In these yeah. guys' lifetimes, there's people that will say exactly that. Oh, yeah. this is just propaganda. This yeah. is something else. That wasn't really what happened. Oh, you know, come off. It's a shame. We should have been all joining up and fighting the Russians something and everything else that way. So, again, that's one of the things I hope people get when they come here. I don't want to sound that finger-wagging and didactic, even though I always am. But that point <laughs> about, you know, number one, listen to these people, listen to what their stories are. We can have an opinion on all this. We can do it. These are the blokes that actually were there. Listen to their stories. I would also say as well, it comes across in some of the interviews, you know, these guys, I'm just, they're, they're, you know, we're interviewing them in their 90s and they, they're, they're zest for life still, I find, gobsmacking. Mm. And their ability, you know, Ken's, you know, Ken's willingness wonderful. to Ken talk, Tal, yeah. every, you know, and to share their experience. Paul Rollins used to come along here quite regularly to talk to school kids and everything. Um, and yet, because some people, of course, came back and they didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. And they, they had such shocking experiences, you know, or they did lose mates and everything. But as I said before, it's almost like I feel like a bully sometimes. I, f- I feel they've got to tell now. It's testament because, you know, situations like, you know, will people really carry on believing this? Mm. Um, you know, or do we redo history in another way that's lessens the significance of this. Well, of course, because it seems unbelievable. So uh, Yeah, you know, um, so you can see 
you know, some of the guys there. And, and I, like you're doing now, you can't take your eyes off them, can you? No, no, no. no. You have to listen to what he's saying. You have mm. to. So years ago, we were told, oh, a minute, two minutes is the most you can ever put up. We've got films going over there that go on for about half an hour, and people sit there, Watch the whole tears thing. down their eyes, mm. watching these guys talk, you know. So. Well, David, we could talk to you forever. I think that's... That's, yeah, James, you're... Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's wonderful what you've done, yeah. and I think your focus is absolutely spot on. Yeah. I, I, I really do. Um, I think it's a wonderful... Well, I mean, we, you know, we're big fans of this museum anyway, yeah. but um, I think all the work you do, the, the caper... I mean, I, I should add that, you know, you have this incredible archive, which I've... I've plundered from time mm. to time and you know everyone here is so accommodating mm. that you know and it's driven by a real passion and enthusiasm to tell the story isn't it and um, you know congratulations and I hope you have a really really fantastic summer David. Well all that, thank you for that because all I'd say is please 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 you know those of you out there I know some of you listening to the podcast some of you watch some of our things like tank chats online thing of those bits you can see dear old Al making Murray's uh, Al making Murray's Al making models on the yeah. on the one of the recent ones you know things that way um you know not just us all your museums please make that effort across the summer when you can go and visit them buy something in their shop because we we really do want to see all those military museums still there in a year's time yeah. and um you know because it's the next year the re supposed it, yeah. resumption to normal that's going yeah, to be yeah and that kick in the pants that so yeah. many places have had so you know if you're interested in this as a subject support those places because you know it's really going to be necessary so there's my final didactic bit brilliant yeah well thanks everyone for listening thanks david for uh, giving us your time um i'm going to go and perv on some tanks now though you know, yeah i think so don't you <laughs> and maybe go to the model shop <laughs> even <laughs> you though know you will. i'm sure you know they'll open will. it for me <laughs> <laughs> cheerio everyone bye bye cheerio